Thanks to CryMalt, this is Beer as a Conversation. I'm Matt Kirkegaard. This week, we chat with Endeavour Brewing's Ben Coyman. We've spoken with Ben a number of times, but this time it's in relation to Endeavour today kicking off an equity crowdfunding campaign that will enable beer lovers to invest directly in the business and in doing so, own a little part of it. It's a first for a brewery in Australia, and I discuss with Ben what equity crowdfunding means and why Endeavour went down this path rather than looking at other sources of capital raising. We look at the Endeavour business and the rapidly changing market that it operates in. We're going to see this form of capital raising become increasingly popular amongst small brewers, with Endeavour just beating Black Hops to the punch, with the Gold Coast Brewery announcing this week it too will be kicking off an equity crowdfunding campaign of its own fairly soon. You can find out more about the Endeavour campaign and register for it at a link in the show notes. Enjoy the conversation. Ben Coyman, welcome back to Beer as a Conversation. Thank you for joining us again. Thank you, Matthew. Pleasure to be here. Again. <laughs> again. Mate, um, here to uh, chat, we've, we've spoken to you in the past about your role as you know, former director of uh, the IBA, and we've also spoken to you about uh, Endeavour in the background. And uh, this time we're talking about Endeavour again, but something that's not so much about the beer, but about the business of Endeavour. Uh, you guys are about to kickstart Australia's first uh, equity crowdfunding offer. Mate, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Certainly uh, exciting times for us from a business perspective. Um, I mean, first and foremost, it's always about the beer for us, so um, the focus on that never dwindles. But, yeah, we've spent a fair bit of time over the last 12 months um, assessing where we want to go, and, uh, yeah, we've made a decision to look at a capital raising through the equity crowdfunding uh, platform that's new to Australia. Um, it's only come into existence this year uh, in January and then there was a nice, uh, another tweak to the legislation in October which really accelerated our ambition to get everyday Australians into or on board the Good Ship Endeavour as uh, fully-fledged shareholders of the business. Now, what does that mean? We have seen um, crowdfunding before. You know, uh, some breweries, when they wanted to get their canning line, they've you know offered a T-shirt if you give you know hundred dollars toward and a carton of beer towards the first uh, run of cans off it. Um, but essentially, you've just been bankrolling uh, or investing in or you're giving money to the dream um, and getting some form of reward back. But the the equity crowdfunding is a little bit different to that because you actually get a, a stake in the brewery or you know, own a brewery, as uh, as you guys are saying. Yeah, indeed, um, that is the biggest uh, difference. Equity crowdfunding is exactly that equity in the business. So uh, anyone with uh, as little as a hundred dollars can invest. Um, and get full ordinary shares in the brewery, which are the same ones that me and Dan and Andy own. Um, we are giving rewards as well, depending on the level of investment. So that's uh, a nice um, bit of upside. But the pure investment side of things, um, for every dollar they invest into Endeavour Beverages, which is the, the registered company, they get a, a full ordinary share um, and a part of part of the game. 
You mentioned uh, the three original investors, yourself, Andy and Dan. Um, Just remind us how you guys kicked off the business. Uh, It's seven, eight years ago now, uh, the three of you came together and managed to uh, convince 35 of your mates to invest as well. Yeah, indeed. Um, I had a bit of an idea stemming from a a beer epiphany I had in Colorado in 1999-2000. Came back, started homebrewing and seeking out interesting beers, which there weren't many in Australia. I was then actually in the wine and spirits industry for a few years and I just had a chance to do a business plan on a beer company, um, I guess before craft was craft. And in 2010, um, uh, we presented the idea to a couple of potential customers and one of the nationals jumped at it and said, yep, we'll take it. When's the beer ready? So in literally nine weeks, um, we got uh, together just the three of us to start off with. Uh, it was actually over a breakfast on a Saturday morning with our very young kids running around and the wives looking after them. And then eight days later, we got 20 mates to a pub, I guess crowdfunding before it's crowdfunding, and uh, offered them shares in, in the company. Um, and within nine days, we had uh, a bit of word of mouth. Um, 35 mates invested in, uh, including us, we invested a fair bit of money ourselves, and uh, we kick-started and launched the company on the 3rd of August 2010. And, and how much did that initial crowdfunding raise, or, you know, I guess you'd call it a crowdfunding, the, the, the initial equity raising, how much did that raise? Uh, 250000 uh, that was in 2010, and then in the next uh, eight years we've done three more raisings um, to fund um, developments and opportunities in the business, so we've got a national um, distribution deal over at over and above the one we'd already got, and we needed more capital for that. And then uh, the late, latest one two years ago was to um, help us fund the opening of Endeavour Tap Rooms and Brew Bar here in the Rocks. Now, what, what's the idea um, behind, you know, you, you've successfully raised capital before, you've got the 35 investors, and even with the um, equity crowdfunding that you're doing now, uh, the original investors have, uh, you know, Stumped up, and uh, I believe that they've uh, raised another six hundred and ninety-five thousand uh, from the original in- investors already. Um, why? Yeah, you know, w- w- what's the thinking behind uh, bringing in a whole bunch of uh, of new investors? Um, it's just, a, I think, an amazing opportunity for um, us as a as a company to have um, some really engaged um, ambassadors. So we want people who one appreciate good beer. Um, feel like they've got something in return for supporting a brand as well. So it just opened up a whole new world for us. We could have, we had people approach us, you know, high net worth individuals and private equity firms. Um, we decided to, no, let's engage with the crowd or the public and get them as fully fledged shareholders. Um, I'll have a lot more people to answer to as, the, as, as I guess the, the chairman of the company. Uh, I, as you can probably tell, don't want to chat about the business or about the, about beer. So just thought we'd relish that opportunity and create a national footprint of shareholders who can then, you know, hopefully share the beer with their mates or associates and we can really spread the word about all Australian beer, uh, which Endeavour, the brand, really prides itself on. In choosing not to go down the private equity, if you had that as a uh, viable source of equity, what was the decision, um, you know, did, did you see that there was any downside in accepting a, a chunk of private equity investment? Yeah, I guess... Private equity have, um, uh, I guess, a code that they invest behind, and that's usually around a sort of three-year exit plan. Um, we, first and foremost, we do want to, uh, in the medium to long term, 
have liquidity for our shareholders. So if they want to realise their investment and any upside that we manage to uh, deliver, um, we do want to give them that option. But private equity, the code generally is a short to medium term exit plan, so they'll invest heavily in the business and they'll want substantial control on the business. Um, and then quickly um, they'll then go to secondary private equity or, or really push you towards a, a, a quicker listing um, or trade sale. So um, we're pretty confident around the management team, the business, and yeah, there's a little, couple of gaps of IP, but um, and we've got an org chart that we've put in the offer that people can see what we're going to do about sort of supercharging the business. Um, and it was just a decision that we'd much prefer to engage with directly with our consumers and get them in the shareholders than um, I, I guess what they call a couple of suits um, around the board table. Okay, so looking at the equity uh, um, raising itself, um, you valued the shares at $1. There's a minimum parcel of 100 shares, so an investment of $100. How many shares and what percentage uh, of the company are you making available? Yeah, so we published a range um, of money we'd like to raise, and it's between $305,000 and $2.305 million. So it's literally $1, one share. So we're offering up 305000 to 2.305 million shares available. Um, as I said, uh, and as you alluded to, um, those shares were made available outside the existing shareholders. So existing shareholders took up 695,000 shares a couple of weeks ago. And then just over the last week, we've had a staff and, and family offer um, sort of semi-privately. And uh, we've, we've already raised um, six figures during that second phase. So the third phase, yeah, it'll be it'll be less than three hundred and five thousand as a minimum, and it'll be less than two point three oh five million as the maximum. And percentage-wise, you're looking at between one point eight three percent and twelve point three two percent of the company is up um, publicly available. And and on the with the shares on offer, that values the company at around about sixteen million dollars um, as yeah, a whole. Free money, yeah. So. Before we even released the, um, the existing shareholders, um, we valued it at just uh, just over $15 million, which um, is pretty competitive, I believe, um, from our due diligence um, that we've done on other companies who have used this space and also versus some publicly listed um, alcohol companies in Australia. So, yeah, we're, we're not um, trying to oversell ourselves, I don't think. How have you, you, you've mentioned that you've sort of benchmarked yourself, but you know, have you looked at or even found out um, the information that's not publicly available about how much uh, breweries such as uh, Feral or Pirate Life uh, or Four Pines went for? Um, I, I've heard rumours. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, being on the board of the IBA, I was um, always fielding those questions from other brewers. What, what did they go for? And I, I said, oh, well, I, I don't know for certain. I'd heard other um, rumours and, you know, there's um, lots of stuff out in the social media space that gets talked about. Um, we really our, benchmarked ourselves against publicly available uh, verified information. So you'll see now off the document we've to get ourselves to four other uh, international breweries who, who have used um, equity crowdfunding. Um, and, yeah, that's, I guess, one methodology that we thought was the best one to apply Okay, now you, you, there is a bit of a range, so it's between three hundred and five thousand shares and two point three million shares, um, which is a fairly wide, um, you know, bracket of equity that you're looking at raising. What will that money go towards if, for example, uh, it closes and you're at the lower end of that um, uh, raising? 
Yeah, sure. I mean, lower end of rising um, is, uh, is a good little spot for us to be. We'll be putting some towards a working capital. Um, we'll be increasing our marketing budget over and above what we've got budgeted. And then we'll be putting some initial seed funding to some special projects. So uh, the top two, working capital and marketing, are pretty self-explanatory. Special projects is the exciting one. So the three main things that we'll be concentrating on there is opening more Endeavour brew bars. Um, the tap rooms in the rocks has been really successful for us and we've seen that some other areas that we'd like to push into and, and create a, a beer destination for um, people who want to try a, a more interesting or, or more flavoursome beer. Second one is um, uh, wholesale expansion through um, export and also some more um, domestic sales staff. And then third and um, a really exciting one, and this is probably what we look at depending on how the more we raise is um, our own production brewery. So, you know, I, uh, I think everyone probably knows we've outsourced a lot of our production over the years. We, we brew on site here in the tap rooms and we innovate here, but it'd be nice to bring a little bit more of that destiny into our own hands. Obviously, that you um, and to some extent this will be uh, controlled by how much you raise, but your looking at having more retail um, space in uh, Endeavour tap rooms over um, a, a bigger brewery. How important in the um, current market is a venue having access and control over its own uh, retail um, destiny? Oh, I think it's just as important as having a really strong wholesale model. So we obviously push hard into the Sydney scene and then nationally with the with the national retailers about getting our beer onto shelves and onto taps. But vice versa, having your own um, venue, being able to tell your own stories, match it to your own food, et cetera, et cetera, is a really nice business. One, we have a lot of fun with. It's hard work, but we, it's really rewarding. And um, So we are trying to diversify the business, not just be a wholesale brand, and also not just be a brew pub operator. How important is it as well to give... Uh you know, beer drinkers and consumers, uh, like a touch point somewhere where they can go and relate directly to the brand? I think it's hugely important. I mean, we spent six years as a virtual brand and, you know, I personally have done um, dozens, if not hundreds of beer festivals over that time. And I reckon 15 out of 20 questions that um, people would ask as their first question when they came to the stand that we all were standing behind was, where's your brewery? It was literally like, overwhelmingly, the number one question consumers had was, where's your home? Where can I touch and feel you? Or just know that you, you do have a home. So it is definitely, I think, very important. Um, and it's important for us as well. We, we don't, didn't want to always be a virtual brand. It was just off a low capital base. That was the avenue we chose back in 2010. And in 2014, we started looking for a home and, and finally opening uh, our own home in 2016. And we want more of those. You know, you see that other people, um, you know, opening multiple sites, and it was uh, obviously uh, relevant over the US, and now you can see Australian brewers are doing the same thing. And is the the, the spectre of a venue like um, BrewDog coming in uh, something that sits in the back of your mind? Oh, not specifically BrewDog. Obviously, com- competition's increasing. You know, just since we started, there's um, been a five-fold increase in the number of beer companies in Australia. Um and, you know, with my time on the board of the IBA, we obviously saw our brewery and planning members join and then turn into micro and nano brewers, or some of them launched straight away as a national big brewery. So, um, yeah, I think there's going to be more 
uh, evolution in the in the beer scene. That's and that's a really exciting and good thing. We're going to go and choose what we uh, term as you know new space. We're not going to go and camp, for example, in the inner west of Sydney. Um, there's some great brewers there. There's northern beaches of Sydney. Some great brewers there. That's probably they're, they're two areas I can um, say that we won't be pursuing actively. If something comes up there, then we'll obviously have a look at it. But we're going to try and take better beer to new spaces that there necessarily isn't a great offer um, just yet or there's not enough good offers in those areas and that's where we'll be opening up um, you know, a better beer experience for these uh, consumers in Australia and maybe one day abroad as well. Now, if, if you're looking at the higher end of the um, equity raising, so if you're at the lower end, uh, supercharge your marketing, sort of get the brand out there, hopefully drive sales... Um, open a, a second venue. If you do get closer to the uh, 2.3 million shares, um, you, you're looking at opening a more of a production brewery. Is that right? Correct, 100%. Yeah, no, we want to um, take a bit more of our volume in-house, that's for sure, and depending on that raise, it might be a whole lot of our um, volume comes back in-house. Will we have a hybrid model in the um, very short term? Yes, because it'll take time to find a um, site, although we've got our eye already on a couple and then ordering equipment and getting a commissioning underway, that'll be, um, it'll be a long journey. You know, we're talking some 12 to 24 months. And, and what advantage, as you said, you've always been a bit of a virtual brand. You've had capacity on tap to some extent because you've not relied on the um, constraints of your own uh, brewing capacity. What advantage yep. will having your own brewery, your own production uh, facility have for the Endeavour brand? Yeah, I guess it gives us another touch point. So wherever we build it, we'll, we'll have a bar at the front as well. may not be open seven days a week, but um, I think people get the gist of what, I guess, those sort of medium-tier brewers do. Um, first and foremost, it'll create more of a dynamic uh, ability for us to push out um, more exciting and sort of smaller to mid-sized batch of beers. At the moment, we've got some great partners at big-scale um, production, which is great for our national footprint, um, and we can... We can do runs in those bigger breweries and make sure the freshness is still there. So we're brewing out with those guys between, you know, four and eight times a month. But I think going to sort of that smaller, medium size, one, dynamism, um, two, we'll be able to um, hopefully um, save a little bit on the cost of goods for those smaller batches as well. So, um, And then, you know, the ability to do... Um, a little bit more innovation as well. And the tap rooms, our brewery down there, is actually pumping at the moment just to fill in the five taps that are dedicated to in-house brews here. So we actually, right now, for the next few months, we can't innovate here because we've just got to keep producing the stacked IPA, something dark, something um, with friends and something with staff. So it's uh, yeah, it's full on. And um, we, we don't have, um, I guess, too many um, challenges around distribution and, and grabbing opportunities. It's just now... It's just, supply aspect so really looking to keep uh, taking those opportunities and that that sort of small to medium sized production facility for us would be invaluable so looking in the size of the business that people are getting involved in you uh, tantalize a little bit um, by saying in your introduction that you've sold in excess of 6.7 million beers what does that equate, you know, and I tried to do the calculation, is he talking about a schooner or is he talking about a pot or is he talking about a, a pint or a stubby? Um, what, what's, yeah. what does that translate to in terms of annual production volumes at the moment? Yeah, so we're, we're, we're north of 500,000 litres MAT now. Um, 
and we've got some good summer activity loaded up. So I think our MAT volume will, will um, push into the six, seven hundred thousand litres uh, ongoing. Um, the two, the six point seven million beers was a, is a cap. I, I track our volumes monthly as a you know, business owner, and I literally took how many cartons we've sold in our history times them by twenty four um, to give you bottles or, or cans. <laughs> right. um, and then the kegs I just divided by four hundred and twenty five mils as a as a schooner um, serving. So some of our venues that we push into serve pints, some serve middies, pots, and schmitties. So. It literally is a guesstimate, and I actually round it down to make it sure we're not um, telling any herpes. So, we're, you know, as of the end of December, we'll be over 7 million beers using my methodology. And if anyone needs that information, I'm happy to show them on my screen. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of hard work to get to that sort of 7 million beers over the last eight and a half years. Um, but we've got some exciting opportunities and stuff that's uh, irons in the fire right now that will be pulled out over the short term. And we've actually modelled our business sort of directionally over the next few years, which we can't talk a lot about in this equity crowdfunding space. I mean, ASIC are, are quite stringent. You can't tell more than um, more than two years of your plans. Uh, they don't want people to be misled by massive numbers. So yep. um, that's cool, and I think that's a, that's a wise way of doing it. So, um, yeah, we'll be keeping our shareholders definitely up to date with how we evolve um, ongoing. Um, and uh, it's exciting times ahead. As part of the offer document, you've obviously got to uh, outline some of the risks facing the business, and I, I guess a lot of those are fairly, uh, you know, understandable, predictable. Um, increased competition. There's a, a wave of global breweries, um, uh, you know, buying local breweries, and also a lot of uh, new breweries coming on. And you highlight that there's a risk that you could be locked out of tap contracts. Um, do you see that as a significant threat to the business? Um, I mean, we've just seen one of our major customers um, increase their tap percentage contract with one of the big multinationals, which was a shame. I mean, they, um, they're they a very influential group in Sydney. Uh, we hear anecdotally that the big multinationals are getting more um, more hungry around, uh, you know, short, medium, long-term tap contracts. So I think that's an evolution, and that's why we will, you know, mitigate that with opening our own brew bars and, and getting liquid into people's mouth there. Um, so, yeah, tap contracts are um, still, um, in terms of ACCC, uh, they say no problems with them. Again, as part of my time with the IBA, we made submissions to the ACCC for over two years and they came back with a, you know, uh, no resolution. They said they'd keep the, the brief open, but of the 30 contracts that they had a look at, there was no problems with those 30. Unfortunately, uh, I don't know that that's a significant enough sample size across the many thousands of licensed venues we know around Australia who have TAP agreements. So anyway, um, I, I trust the new IBA board to keep pushing that with um, Alexis Reitman, the CEO, and hopefully that risk is mitigated by um, the, just the consumers also demanding better offers on TAP. And that's something that we've that uh, Pete Mitchum and I flagged on, you know, discussing the strategy around because we haven't seen too many of the Pirate Lifes or Four Pines really explode into the market, but they do seem to be uh, strategic purchases that give the big brewers uh, the ability to offer hotels the appearance of a variety. So you can walk in and you can have uh, Goose Island, Four Pines, Pirate Life. Um, 
Carlton Draft, um, pure blonde, and it looks like a couple of yaks. A couple of yaks. Um, you don't see Matilda Bay anymore. You might see Frothy, um, but you, you do. Uh, yeah, so so it gives hotel owners the appearance of a selection um, on their tap points without actually offering a variety of providers. Is is that a real risk that we that um, hotel owners are starting to rely on that uh, appearance of variety? And do you find as a as a business that that is starting to affect you guys? Yeah, it is. I think uh, competition for taps isn't decreasing; it's only increasing. One, the multinationals, as I said, are getting a bit more hungry because they're losing volume, and then they're making the acquisitions to give that appearance. But there's also a lot more indie brewers coming on the scene who are, you know, a lot of them are starting with a keg, small keg run and seeing if testing their brand to see how it'll go. So, um, yeah, I mean, but just taking a step back, um, domestically, uh, the draft beer uh, market is about 25% of total beer. So there's still 75% of beer in package form. We're not seeing necessarily all the back bars of these pubs being locked out. Uh, there are still agreements around those, but uh, we're working with retailers in the off-premise every day to... Uh, grab that opportunity. There's also what I call alternative markets. So how can indie brewers get their beers into you know, the hotel um, accommodation chains or on cruise ships or on planes? I mean, Singapore Airlines has made a great move of picking local brewers to serve on flights from the point of departure. Hopefully uh, Qantas and Virgin and Jetstar and Tiger might uh, follow that one day, but who knows? It's, uh, I think there's a more opportunities than just focusing on the tap point comp- competition is definitely high on our agenda, but there's a lot of other opportunities out there that we'll be chasing pretty hard on behalf of our crowd of shareholders. And, and, and I guess that's the other thing that you flag is distribution risks. You say that you rely heavily uh, on a national distribution via some fairly concentrated channels, but the the um, bottle, you know, the, the package market is fairly concentrated as well. Um, you've obviously had very good relationships with the two major retailers um, since you started. Do you think that they um, are going to lose their taste for independent craft beer? I don't think so, mate. I think um, from what I've seen dealing with them both on behalf of Endeavour and having talks with them on behalf of the IBA, uh, I don't think that appetite is uh, reducing at all um, from a trade perspective and indeed consumers. Consumers are so savvy now and knowledgeable and getting to know what what's that brand about, who's behind it, where does that beer come from and you know our big focus on where do the ingredients come from. So I'm not um, nervous about it. I'm just, uh, obviously we have to highlight it as part of the ASIC um, uh, structure of this document, we have to speak specifically about the top five risks facing the business, and it was uh, pertinent that we identify this one. But yeah, I think Endeavour, we've got an eight and a half track record of growing distribution every year, um, and that's what we'll continue to try and do, and not just domestically, but also, also internationally, which I mentioned before. Just looking at the financials for the business, um, I, you, know, you see so many people getting into the business that think it's a matter of making beer and just sort of sitting back and having it, it having it sell. Um, you guys have invested heavily back into the business, um, but the profit and loss shows that um, whilst you had a retail um, jump last year, obviously through your own venue, there was a little bit of a, a decline in the wholesale side of things. Is, is, is there any reason driving that? Was it a shift in focus or was it you know, challenging uh, market conditions? Um, 
Yeah, there was a couple of reasons. I mean, the biggest difference was in 2017 financial year, we had a big pipe fill order into one of those nationals we talked about, which was an artificial big lump of revenue. So year on year, you know, what they call underlying performance, um, there's a bit of growth in wholesale. Um, we were down a staff member in the Sydney um, Indie Beers, uh, in, sort of uh, independent, you know, non-nationals channel for a while. Yes, there's competition in the Sydney scene and there's a bit of a, a focus on price, unfortunately, from some brewers. But no, the the biggest reason was we just didn't lap a, a big pipe fill. So our distribution is still um, up there and our rate of sales actually improving since we did a bit of a brand relaunch. So it's all looking pretty positive. And, and year to date, we're up uh, double digit again in terms of revenue um, from a wholesale perspective. Um, and retail will keep growing that through more sites. So the revenue um, is, you know, the numbers are black and white and we have to present them in a certain way. And um, yeah, but the bottom line on that P&L is, is all trending the right way. Except for finance costs, we would have made money last financial year. And then this year we're firmly back in the black, which uh, we just touched, we just hit some inflection points um, we've renegotiated a few uh, input costs uh, deals, so yeah, the, the the future's looking pretty bright on a on a current business case, um, and overlaying some of these special projects that I talked about before. Um, you know, I'm not losing sleep on uh, the business performance anymore. I used to for years, and just kept working harder and harder to make sure everything was heading in the right direction. So. This is a good time to hopefully get a few more shareholders in now that we've got past the, the pain and pinch points. And that's one of the things, I guess, having a capital raising like this will um, uh, allow. Uh, it, it lets you retire some debt, which means that you uh, save those uh, financing costs. Is, is that what I'm hearing? 100%. Yep. So that's part of the working capital use of funds. Because, um, yeah, uh, it's... Um, as a small brewer and pre-profit, you know, the last few years we haven't been able to negotiate lower interest rates. Unfortunately, you know we're still at the back and call of sort of non-traditional lenders, um, and yeah, we'll, we'll be retiring some debt and funneling those savings back into um, supercharging the business. But as I said, if you take out those finance costs last year, we're, we're profitable for the last 18 months through a lot of hard work, and we've identified now through our trends. What are the key parts of, of growing the shareholder value um, over the, the short, medium, and long term? And how about the shareholders? Um, the, if, if you invest, is there likely to be um, your know, dividends paid, or is the dividend uh, the opportunity to own a brewery and uh, the, the the savings that you get when you uh, go into an Endeavour brew pub? Yeah, that's a, that's a good, great question, Matt. Um, one, you're a fully fledged owner of the business. Um, what we commit to, we can't talk a lot about it. In the, we can't talk about it in the offer document because it's beyond two years. But we will be um, achieving um, some liquidity for investors um, and hopefully bringing a couple of options to the table that shareholders can vote on. So traditionally, this is what we term a sort of pre-IPO uh, capital raising. So in the next few years, we'll be looking to either publicly list the company, so then there's an open market that people can trade their shares. Dividends is a good question. Uh, we are going to keep reinvesting in the business to keep growing. So we're, we're not saying that dividends are part of the short-term plans just yet. Um, and then I guess the, the third option might be once we are performing really well, we might um, announce a, a company share buyback 
scheme where people can start, um, I guess, uh, cashing in their shares uh, gradually so they can get a return on their investment. That's for sure. So um, people ask, oh, what's your exit strategy? I don't talk about exit. I talk about liquidity personally. And we want to, you know, keep growing Endeavour to be a really good Australian beer company. Um, you know, people are saying, oh, what about a trade sale? Well, if we get approached on a trade sale, that'll go straight to all of our investors as a, a vote, obviously with a board recommendation on what that uh, option looks like. And then people can vote um, because they will have for every share a vote uh, in what we do on those big decisions. So, so what is the uh, end game for, a, you know, you, you mentioned an exit strategy. Um, what, what is the end game uh, for a, a brewery such as Endeavour? Is it, you know, ultimately, hopefully, um, selling out for a multiple of, you know, what the, the value that we see now, and so everyone gets a, a nice dividend? Is it uh, trying to build the business to be a multi-generational business the way that Cooper's does? You know, where, where do you uh, and the founders see the business going? Um, again, I can't speak for all the shareholders. Um, so currently, just after this friends and family raising, we're, we're north of 50 shareholders now. Um, I'll speak personally. I, I want to create a legacy one um, for my family. Um, I mean, my, my sons and my daughters um, are all talking about, oh, I want to work for Endeavour when they grow up. They don't know what that means yet, of course. They're, they're all <laughs> younger than 11. But um, I do, one, I want to create liquidity so each individual shareholder can choose what they really want to aspire to. There'll be a majority vote. Um, that's just constitutionally how most companies are set up. But I won't have um, you know, final say on anything. I, I just don't have that control of the business. Um, so it'll be up to the shareholders as to what they do. I'd love to see uh, another Coopers. I don't want to take over Coopers or take out Coopers. I love Coopers. Um, but I think it'd be great to see more Australian-owned beer companies taking more share of the market over the long term, not just these short, you know, big spikes of trend and then they get bought out by a multinational. Um, congratulations to the guys who have achieved that, and that's usually great for them or their families. But um, I'm not about driving a Ferrari. I just want to build a really good beer business. That, and I can just see, you know, somebody smiling when they take a sip of Endeavour that they've enjoyed a beer that they may not have drunk before and they get something out of it. And how about then for the shareholders? You mentioned that there is a you know a, a plan down the track that there is a share buyback where people can get a return on their investment um, through the business buying the shares back. How about in the shorter term? If I you know if I put one or two thousand dollars in, um, how liquid are those uh, shares? Um, if you were going for an IPO and this is on the stock market, they're pretty much as you mean as a buyer um, saleable um, at call. Yep. What, what's the mechanism for uh, private equity investors, for, for equity investors um, in, in this case, to be able to quickly uh, liquidate their interest? Yeah, I guess um, privately we'll be acting as an intermediary. This is the board. So if any shareholder wants to sell their shares or who's desperate to, they can contact us and we can put them in contact with people who have expressed an interest who want to buy more. Um, and then they are trialling actually a secondary market in Europe at the moment for crowd equity funded companies. So there will be, uh, a, again, a semi-private marketplace where people who have crowd um, equity funded shares can sell it to um, other people within their um, shareholder base. So hopefully that works in Europe and it gets rolled out quickly to, to Australia. Um, 
But to answer your question, uh, immediately, in the, I guess in the first half of 2019, uh, liquidity would be really restricted about, you know, talking to the board and, and finding an option there. Um, but yeah, that secondary market is an interesting space and hopefully it does come to Australia so people can, you know, realise their investment at, at, um, in one way if they want to. So we're going to send this uh, conversation live pretty much as you open the offer. Um, what, what's the process? How, if I want to in, invest um, in Endeavour, what, what's the process uh, from here? Yeah, so uh, simply we, we launch ownabrewery.com um, and people can click on there and it will um, divert straight to the Equitize uh, platform. So Equitize, the firm that we've chose to use, there's only seven licensed firms that can do crowd equity funds in Australia uh, at the moment, licensed by ASIC. So they go on there, you fill in, um, you sign in, um, you just verify your identity as a, uh, an Australian over the uh, age of 18, uh, resident or citizen. And then you can download all the information, you can log any questions under the Q&A, or you can literally just tap the invest button, um, put in how many shares you'd like and, and fill in some banking details and you've then got five days cooling off as well. If you sleep on it and you think actually the, um, my partner might not be happy with that, <laughs> I've got to withdraw that. Um, you know, that's that's uh, giving every, every, everyone out there some really nice um, safe way of doing it with some nice rights to you know, change their mind within five days. So ownabrewery.com, click on it, and uh, it's a very nice process, but really nicely controlled and secure, so everyone's as protected uh, as possible. You know, there's always going to be risks, uh, but we've, uh, I think, hopefully shown to people over eight and a half years we're heading in the right direction. And we'll uh, link to that in the, uh, in the show notes. So, well, Ben, thank you very much for joining us and uh, having a chat and talking us through the equity crowdfunding for Endeavour uh, Brewing Company. Um, all the best with the capital raising. And, uh, mate, I think it runs through till February, uh, you were saying. So we might even touch base with you in February and see how it went and, uh, you know, what you've learned from the process. That'd be great. Thank you, Matthew. Terrific. Uh, well, all, all the best, Ben. And, uh, mate, have a, have a great Christmas and uh, look forward to talking to you in the new year. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. And that was Ben Coyman. Radio Brews News and this episode of Beer is a Conversation is made possible by our great supporters at Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt have been bringing you the world's best local and imported malts, your premium brewing partner and proud supporters of Brews News. And also Rowling's labels, stickers and packaging. Beer in cans is just where it's at in the beer world, and if you're a small brewer looking for a more efficient way to get your beer into great-looking cans, speak with Paul or Brad at Rallings to learn how they can help. You can get in touch with them on 1300 852 235. That number again, 1300 852 235, or you can find a link in the show notes. Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show, either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at brewsnews.com.au. 
All letters received will receive a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of Australian craft beer. When Brews News cast and crew are buying online, we buy at Beer Cartel. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation. And we look forward to another conversation next week.